Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, that's Mo Pawn. Yeah. yeah. And with me is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly. Bow, 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 Number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. Oh, it feels so good, Mo. Yeah. It feels good to be back and putting on our No Budget Nightmares pants. <laughs> my, my big boy No Budget Nightmares pants. I feel like in the time between our last episode and this one, I should have washed my no budget nightmares pants but i guess eh. that wouldn't be in the no budget nightmare spirit would it no no while the season is still going you want to keep your pants you know clean or or not clean you want to keep them filthy or else uh you know your team's going to lose i I, th- that's right. I think that's how all those that sports metaphor works team no budget nightmares <laughs> the, the little league team that we sponsor here yeah, on no yeah. budget nightmares hashtag mo we're back hashtag #nbn <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag never won. Uh, Mo, we're back after a significant break Link. from our most recent episode. So significant, I can't even remember what the last episode was. I cannot either. <laughs> All right. We're, so this is like a new beginning for No Budget Night. We're the worst. We're the yeah. worst. We have fucking, like, our memories are so fucked up. Uh, it is ridiculous. God. Um, oh, is it, wasn't it Weasels with my, Rip My Flesh, or did we do another one after that? I don't know. All right. I don't know. Who cares? Who cares about this fucking show? It doesn't matter. What a waste of time <laughs> that we're doing. We're wasting everybody's time. In fact, speaking of wa- wasting time, this intro is just a waste of time. It is. Because, Mo, we are back. We are back from our, our uh, vacation, let's say. And uh, But we should explain to the listeners, why is it that we had a vacation? Yeah, I have, well, I have to take the blame on this one. Um Basically, uh, a couple of months back, my the roommates I was living with, um, who you would probably remember as the people who tended to make a lot of noise in the background while I was trying to fucking record. Uh, I sometimes edited that. Oh, out. <laughs> well, that's that's good. I, I, I'd like to hope that you would edit out the part of me walking into the other room and being like, hey, can you be quiet a little bit, please? Thank you. Eh, uh, well, whatever. You know, <laughs> I know it just adds to the uh, to, to the appeal of the show. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they 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 announced they were moving out. And uh, basically, the second they announced they were moving out, they gave even less fucks about how much noise they were making. And it just got to the point where I knew that we wouldn't be able to record like at all. So I said, let's just take the month of, of April off. You know, let's uh, let's wait until they're gone, you know, which was for May 1st, which is why we're back now. And uh, and and now I've got new roommates in uh, who are so quiet that half the time I don't even realize they're here. So it's a little it's 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 a huge shift for me. But, uh, you know, I figured as far as recording is concerned, it would be much more convenient. 
It does sound like it's more convenient, yes. though. But there's also something on top of that. Another little announcement we have to make is because of our little break. I felt guilty about it. I don't know about you. I didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, oh, I I never feel good. <laughs> I have a high sugar diet. I don't think it's <laughs> uh, but uh, But I think that the listeners will be happy to hear that we are planning now, instead of having this sporadic release yeah, schedule yeah. that No Budget Nightmares has had for, uh, let's say, a couple of yeah, years yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An, an unfortunately long period of time. <laughs> it, the thing about the show was we'd record an episode, and then time would pass, and then Mo or I would contact one another and be like, maybe we should record another episode. And we'd be like, ah, okay. And then it would be like another week and a half until that actually Yeah, happened. or it'd be, and, the, and then of course it'd always be like, well, I'm sick this week, or... Yeah, we also get sick a lot because of our, our high sugar and uh, low exercise yeah. lifestyles. Which, which, <laughs> but, which for me, I don't, I'm sure it hasn't for you, but for me has changed dr- drastically since the last time... Uh, you have gotten healthy. Yeah, I've, I do. I've, I have heard that. Yeah. I'm I'm eating good. I'm not, you know, like I'm not I'm not I'm not really working out. But you know, uh, I should be. But um, I am eating better, and hopefully, we'll see if that has an effect on on me and my health. Well, <laughs> we should change your name from Mo Porn to Mo Kale. N- let's not, because <laughs> kale is a superfood. Yeah, but yeah, but broccoli is better for you. Mo broccoli. That's, there we go. I like that. that's what I when I, sometimes when I'm having dinner with my <laughs> lovely wife, I say, "Hey, honey." Can I have Mo Broccoli? <laughs> and she'll be like, shut up, Doug. <laughs> I'm going to stab you, you fucker. <laughs> um, but yes, we're going to go bi-weekly. Uh, we're going to be available to you, the listener, every two weeks. It's going to be special. Yeah. It's going to be... It's going to be exciting, and also it means that you know the backlog of literally dozens and dozens of movies that we've been meaning to talk about, we're going to get to them. Yeah. We're going to get to every single one of them. At some point, seeing as our backlog keeps getting bigger and bigger, but... People keep making they, shitty movies. Yeah, people keep making these fucking shitty low-budget movies, and uh, and other people keep requesting them, so it's like... I, I somewhat blame myself, because uh, several times on this show, I have said that I think that anyone who has the, the gumption should go out and make a movie, but the problem with that is that a bunch of them did, yeah. and now there's a bunch of movies <laughs> that we, we may or may not ever watch. Yeah, focusing towards the 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 latter of that, we probably will never get to them, seeing as we have just a fucking ridiculous number of movies to get to as it is. Mo, remember when we watched Kansas City Cowboys on Crack? No. Cowboys, Crack, remember? Yeah, yeah, when we, when we watched the KKK, I remember that. Why did we watch that movie? Why did we watch? Was it because of Puppets? No, it was someone recommended. They said this is the worst thing that they'd ever seen. Oh. And you know what that means. Well, but, a pox on their house. Okay. We're going to talk about the movie that we're going to talk about today yes. in a second. Uh, I also want to mention that the movie that we're going to be featuring next time has been a long requested one of No Budget Nightmares. So you're going to want to stick around. Killer Clowns <laughs> from Kansas on Crack. I had to look it up. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I fucked up the title pretty significantly. Pretty, pretty badly, yes. Well, since it's been a little while. Since uh, since we've been recording an episode of nobody. Oh, should I, should I do it this time or no? I won't. I won't. And I'm glad that you did. Uh, <laughs> Mo was referring to something that happened before we started recording, which we've established we will not be doing anymore. We're 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 abandoning a lot of our shtick. Um, shtick. Yeah. Because this has to be a serious show now. Yes, very very serious. In fact, let, let me put on my adult voice. This is the new era, right? It's a new day. 
It's it's New Day rocks, uh, and this is a new day for no budget nightmares. Uh-huh. And we're gonna be to, to to kick off this new era. We're gonna be talking about a very exciting movie, Mo. What are we gonna be talking about? We are going to be talking about Splatter, the Architects of Fear. Now, this is a very different kind of movie for no budget nightmares, very, isn't it? Mo? Yeah, very different. The first very different first of its, its kind diff- for this show. Yeah, first of its kind for this show. Because it is Canadian. No. The first Canadian movie <laughs> featured on No Budget Nightmares. Actually, this show is surprisingly Canada-centric. Yeah, we, yeah I was going to say, we've done quite a few. <laughs> Science crazed. Uh, yeah, Things, uh, Your mm-hmm. your Terrible Movie. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh, Kill Them and Eat Them was Canadian, There right? you go. That's the one I was trying to remember. Yep. And so, but this is also... How did I fucking remember that? That was was like episode like 12 or something like that, if even. This healthy eating is repairing your brain. I know. (laughs) (laughs) This whole like going to bed at a normal time and being up in time to wake up and be alert for the show. Splatter, the architects of fear. Yeah. From 1986. It is strange for us to talk about this movie because it is a mix of... Of different things. For, for, for those who haven't ever seen Splatter Architects of Fear, it's actually a movie that comes in three categories. There's kind of three movies within this one movie. Yeah. And they're all it's, kind of bad. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily agree with that young mo. Right, well, we're going we're gonna to have a conversation about that in a minute. Well, one of them is a movie that really kind of oddly resembles Todd Sheets' seminal a prehistoric bimbos in Armageddon City. Yeah. In that it pits uh, mutants against, not bimbos, Amazons. <laughs> yeah. And it's a movie about them kind of battling in a post-apocalyptic world. Right. And there's also a section of this, of Splatter Architects Affair, which is the behind-the-scenes of this movie being made. So you get to see, uh, it focuses almost entirely on the special effects side of things. So you get to see... Body molds being made, and we got to see blood packs being applied, yep. and we get to see makeup and squibs and all that really and how they make great how they make stuff. a head explode and how they make a head explode and and it made me really really want to be the guy who applies the uh, alginate on on people for body molds. I'm sorry. No, why is that? Let's, why don't you just uh, elaborate on? Well, that a bit I'm more. just gonna say boobies. Wowie zowie. Yeah. Oh my god. There's a lot of nudity in this. There's a lot of nudity. And like surprisingly good nudity too. <laughs> Quality mid 80s nudity yeah. and um and uh explicit Very, in a way that Yeah. Like, yeah, there's we go full beaver here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we get we get you, you see it all. You do uh, see it all. It's wild. The third category of movie in this movie is uh a sort of Odd little subplot in the behind the scenes section involving a uh, former Shakespearean actor who's been horribly mutilated, and his name is Fang, and he basically works as a gopher on the set. So he is actually a character that that is a fictional character that exists in the very real behind the scenes element. Yeah, now I always wondered, like, is it, you know, because he's supposed to be a former Shakespearean actor who gets mutilated, and his name is Fang. But like mm-hmm. they don't make it sound like his like first off where did the fang come from like did he have the fang like when like because you don't grow a fang when you're horribly mutilated you like did he have that already like I'm up there being like oh Yurik you know and like with the <laughs> with the fucking tooth hanging out 
Well, that's a good question, Mo. But I should remind you that he eats out of a dog bowl off the floor. Uh, that's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> so, Splatter Architects Affair is a really interesting movie in a lot of ways. Uh, Mo actually might disagree with me on that. I actually had a really great time with two thirds of it. Well, I mean, uh, I I mean, I watched it twice. You know, I mean, that's got to account for something. Nope. It does not. All right. Um, but uh, but it is difficult to talk about in the way that we usually talk about movies on No Budget Nightmares. Yeah. Because there isn't, even though there is these kind of three different sections, and one of them is like a movie, the Mutants versus Amazon section. Sure. It is not a, it doesn't have a plot in a traditional sense. It really is just a collection of scenes. And in fact, from what I've read, this was never meant to be the behind the scenes of an actual Movie. Oh, it's the, the, it's pretty obvious that this was yeah. never meant to be behind the scenes because it's, yeah. the same person dies again and again. Yeah. Uh, so the Amazon versus mutant movie being shot is really just uh, an excuse to demonstrate various splatter and gore effects. Yeah. It it became pretty apparent, you know, n- not very far in that they were attempting to make this movie splatter, and uh, and then uh, probably ran out of funding. So what we're going to do in order to give this movie its due is we're going to talk about each of these kind of segments individually, and then we'll talk about the movie as a whole afterwards. What do you think about that, Mo? You said a hole. A hole. Uh, yeah, that's fine. a hole, that's where you pour alginate into in order to make a body cast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Let's start with the movie being shot in Splatter Architects of Fear. Sure. Now, I, I've mentioned before, Mo, that it is... A Canadian movie. Hey. Um, in this, and, and it's funny because like it's hard to determine who is the director of this movie, right? Right. Because we know who the director of the movie within the movie is, but there's also has to be a separate director for the behind the scenes elements. So even though the credited director is Mr. Peter Rowe, it's actually, you know, it's probably a little bit more mixed than that would imply. Right, exactly. Because like whoever was whoever because I I mean it's pretty obvious the uh the behind the scenes stuff is not really I don't think there's any real direction behind it as such. I mean obviously I think the fang scenes there's probably some direction going on, but I think they were just filming the behind the scenes stuff per, for posterity um you know while they were uh filming the, the 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 film proper. But the thing is that doesn't really make any sense, right? Because the only reason that they're filming the film proper is for the behind the scenes. Because it's not a movie that's ever meant to be released. So it all must have been, you think, you would think, conceived together. But see, but I don't think it was. Okay. I See, I mean, I, I don't know. Because I, 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 you're, you're the one who goes out and does research. I don't. Um, that's just my style. <laughs> you know, I'm not into the whole knowing shit thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, the way it seemed to me was that they had, they, that they were working on this film Splatter. They ran out of money. And just by some freak chance, they were filming all the behind the scenes stuff at the same time and just said, fuck it, let's turn it into a fake documentary or documentary type thing. I feel like, Mo, that what you're saying right now contradicts what you said just a few minutes ago. I, it may it may have. I, I don't remember what I just finished saying. So what, mm-hmm. I, what I said previous, I don't know. What did I say before? That that you didn't think that the Amazon versus mutant movie was ever meant to be a real movie. Oh no 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 I I no no I'm sorry if if that's the impression I, I gave off I, that's wrong no no I did I do totally think that that was intended to be a movie by itself. Oh I see. Yeah and that. Oh did you just say that's the impression that you gave? <sighs> burp, 
Have you ever been? Oh, stop! Stop! Okay, so you thought it was going to be a movie. You know what? You might very well be right. It might have been a way to kind of get some of their money back. Yeah. It, I like I said when when you mentioned that before. I don't think it was ever meant to be a movie. Well, I, but like- I, but I don't think it was ever meant to be a documentary because when you look at it, there are no literally no like talking head interviews with any of the special effects people with any of the crew. Like the only talking head interviews you like, and not I don't even know if it's really all that talking head, but like the only people they ever really talk to is fang well the thing but why is fang there all I, the time if they I, never meant for it to be like like uh, some sort of narrative to his appearances right he's be, there when they're doing up the body cast and right he's there in the background during all of these kind of segments yeah oh that's i mean i guess that's a that's a fair point um i don't know <laughs> i i it, it, we're we're at fault here yeah. listeners because we really should have uh, tried to figure out and i'm sure if we had josh johnson here he'd tell us exactly why this movie exists yeah uh but um it is fun Hold actually on. to kind of try to guess how this came to be it's important to note that peter rowe the director is a legitimate director uh, and when i say legitimate <sighs> i mean he's directed shitloads of canadian television mm. but he also was filming uh, television before this movie came out. He directed episodes of a very popular early 80s television show called The Edison Twins here in Canada. But also directed a number of like legitimate TV movies uh, going way back to the early 70s. So this isn't... Even though this is movie that is... Uh, this is movie. Even though this is movie. <laughs> this is movie. This is a movie that was shot on video. Um, I think it actually... That's more an aesthetic choice. Than a budgetary choice, mm, mm. Um, and that's another thing, by the way, Mo. The idea that the movie that they're shooting looks to be shot on exactly the same sort of equipment as the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, fair point. I'm just trying to convince you on my side. That's all. You'll never convince me. <laughs> so anyway, the movie that we're going to talk about first, or the section of Splatter Architects Affair, is this plot of a post-apocalyptic world which has two groups of people, Mo, mutants. And sexy Amazon ladies. Oh, I lo- oh, look at those Amazons. Uh. <laughs> now, uh, that was my terrible it. Fang impression. It, it's as good as the actual Fang. <laughs> <laughs> so tell tell me about what what what's happening in this movie within a movie. Uh, well, I mean, like, there's no discernible plot as as such between it. I mean, really, it just seems like there's these two warring factions. Uh, the one is the Amazons, who are all women, scantily clad. You know blah 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 and then there's the mutants who are seem seem to be i don't think they are all men but they seem to be all men and uh and and they they all wear uh toxic avenger looking you know prosthetic masks and uh, some of them look pretty shitty don't they? some some of the masks are i mean especially like the dude whose head gets exploded uh it just looks like a freddy krueger mask like it's a child's mask. it's really bad however there is one mask that they show for the the big outdoor scene that i thought was fucking cool as shit yeah um it was the one where like obviously his face goes in the front but then there are like two like half faces on the sides of the head and <laughs> oh I'm, i know the one you're talking yeah, about. yeah 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 and i'm like that's that's a pretty cool looking mask i mean it still looked like pure shit like because like it wasn't attached to his head in any way it's just a pullover mask you know so the basic plot is really just a series of set pieces right it yeah. is like the amazons finding 
some of these mutants and attacking and killing them, or there's mutants finding some Amazons and attacking and killing them. Basically. There's, like you said, no real discernible plot, but they are, each one of these set pieces that they show are really explicitly violent. And in fact, if you had run into Splatter Architects of Fear on VHS, this is a really violent movie. Yeah, yeah. Like for the time period in particular, it just really is a lot more violent than even I was expecting going into it. This is actually the first time that I've seen it, which is a shame because it's it's Canadian. <laughs> yeah, uh, this was also my first time seeing it, which is weird. But um, yeah, I, yeah, it was super violent. Like every, every scene in the movie, and even if you even if you even if you imagine them padding it out, you know, to to a let's let's be real here to a sixty five minute running time. Um, you know, with actual like story, uh, I, I just, I mean, like what are there, there's gotta be like a good half dozen, if not more, maybe eight or nine, uh, like kill scenes that they, that they sort of go over in this. Yeah. Now, I mean, granted whether or not they would have used them all, like honestly, like that, that scene, the, the scene that they did the most work on, like with the full body, like latex <laughs> thing and everything is easily the worst looking one. <laughs> You know, I wish I could disagree. Oh, <laughs> well, it's it's one of it's it's what it's, it's up there. I wondered if one of the reasons it looked so poor in practice was because it spent so much time showing exactly you know step by step how it was made. But I've seen plenty of behind the scenes effects documentaries before. Yeah. It just wasn't a great looking body, and it's so funny because they do that classic thing where you know you have this big fake body yeah um and then you have uh in order to add reality to it you uh cut a hole in a mattress and have the actress stick her head through it so you can attach the body to make it look as natural as possible yeah i cut I, I cut a hole in a mattress too mm-hmm. me too yeah <laughs> i called it linda um <laughs> she lives with me still but wow. uh so so and when that when she had her head up through it it seemed like they were doing a very careful job of not showing it all kind of in one shot. <laughs> Someone had painted on some very realistic looking nipples onto that, though. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like me. I don't know why I got so excited there, but. Yeah. <laughs> but like you yeah. said, that's the job that you wanted to have. Exactly. <laughs> but the, the scene itself involves this um, uh, fake body being stabbed by a big spear. And when it actually happens, it looks not good at all. No, not not. Not good at all. And I mean, and, and here's the thing we we failed to mention is that like what they do is they'll they'll show you sort of like part of the effect or, or you know, most of the effect. And then they'll show you how it's done. And then they show you the whole like finished product. Right. And, and actually, I have to admit, one of my favorite, like funniest moments to me is when it's very close to the beginning where there's like one of the uh, one of the mutants who's sort of like running through a factory and like shooting at the Amazons. And they show the behind the scenes one where it's basically just some guy going like, rat tat 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 you know, like to imitate <laughs> gunfire. They're like, look how much better it sounds when you, when we add realistic fire, fire, uh, gunfire <laughs> effects to it. And it's still just like, rat tat tat <laughs> Most of it still looks like someone just, just shaking a gun to try to make it look like it's yeah, firing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, it's... It's hard, again, we're starting with this segment simply because it's the most difficult to describe because right. it is just a collection of scenes. There's yeah. one where one of the Amazons is attacked in like an elevator and um, her arm gets cut off by the elevator moving up. Uh, there's the body one where two Amazons are kind of, um, uh, one of the mutants uh, 
gets into their like stronghold. Or yeah, like, yeah. Like one of them, had, one of them had been injured, and they they climb up into like an attic space, and like there's conveniently a bed set up there, and so one of them, of course, gets her tits out before she lays down because that's what you do. Um, you know, and I think the guys was that she had an injury, and they were cleaning it off. I don't whatever. Whatever. And, and, yeah, and then and then the other one ends up getting shot with something that basically looks like a, a cardboard tube with uh <laughs> with a handle attached to it uh and the other one gets st- stabbed through the section and then dismembered in just the the most awful looking effect i think the stabbing uh, yeah. looks bad but when they bring out the like the electric knife thing yeah. the it, saw saws, saws all yeah yeah, and saws each limb off. It's very violent, and it obviously uses a lot of uh, actual meat and bologna, as the voiceover tells us. <laughs> but it cold once cuts? they're off, once one that's oh, you want to hear the, someone say cold cuts? Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah, hear yeah, it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> cold cuts. You <laughs> lost. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to give him credit though. At, at least, at least the behind the scenes part of it showed how much fun they were having doing yeah. all this, you know? Though I will say now, thinking about that as well, Mo, if this was to be a movie, there doesn't seem to be any characters, no, right? No, there are none. Everyone that we see pretty much gets killed. Even the Amazon queen, who's really the only person who gets any real discernible dialogue except right. for some random mutants here and there. Yeah. Uh, and most of that dialogue is like, we're Amazons. <laughs> <laughs> we hate mutants. We hate mutants. Bring them to me alive. But we have to talk about the most impressive scene of this fake movie. The head and explosion no, it's not scene? the climactic scene, Mo. Are we talking about the head explosion scene? We're going to talk about the head explosion Yes, scene. we are. And not for the reason... It's not the best scene in the movie for the reasons you think it is. <laughs> so, this movie, by the way, it, it ends up with a bunch of mutants fighting a bunch of Amazons. And there's some car explosions. And then it just... Everyone is dead, I guess. And the end. Who gives a shit? Yep. But... Before that happens, there is a sequence where a guy in a poor-looking Freddy Krueger mask yeah. gets pinned to a wall via crossbow bolts shot by an Amazon. Oh, is that is that why he couldn't move? Because I, I was like, I guess I just didn't notice it, like that he had been like pinned in place. I just thought like he was just so shocked to see boobs that he uh, that he just couldn't move. No, this guy, he's not like you and I. <laughs> I imagine, I mean, who knows what sort of horrible mutation he's been through. Right, right. Shock horror. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's pinned to the wall. And this Amazon, as they do, as is my understanding. As you want to do as an Amazon, yes. That's right. From my understanding via Wonder Woman comic books. <laughs> she gets her kid off. <laughs> That's yeah. That's one way to put it. Yeah, she she gets naked, very, totally naked, very. Mm-hmm. And then she saddles up, or sidles up to this dude who's pinned to a wall and looks like a melting crayon. And then she starts to hump him. Well, she pulls his pants down and then she starts to hump him. Yeah. Okay, Mo. And things get excited. Let's hear it. Let's hear how it sounds. Yeah, please. Let's do. <laughs> let's have a little listen and then we'll explain what we're hearing. (laughs) (laughs) 
that was, that, <laughs> that was his head exploding at the end there. And all those kind of squirty sounds, you might have thought that was like Freddy Krueger like shooting his load. <laughs> but no, she was humping him so vigorously that blood started to pour from his ears and nose. Yeah. And it then culminated in his head exploding. Yeah. Or a head that looked vaguely like the head he had before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the new the new head, the the exploding one. I mean, as bad as the original mask looked, the the new head just looked fucking like thank goodness it's on screen for like a millisecond because it's and also because of our mutual appreciation of head explosions, you would you would be like yay even if it looked terrible. Right. Exactly. Matter, right? Exactly. Now, because this also has a behind the scenes element, we do see this mask that's used for the head explosion being created. Yeah. And it's created in much the way that you would think, you know, the actor gets his face covered in shit and then they make a mold of it and they pour the latex. Anyway, so all the shit that you would expect it to be. Now, Mo, I have to say, even though if someone said, I want to take a mold of your head, I would jump at the opportunity. I would do it no matter what. The process itself seems like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's one of those things like you, you I mean, here, here's the thing I, that 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 I found fascinating on it is normally when you see these behind the thing, scenes things and like where they're doing like these molds and stuff, they tend to put like, you know, tubes in yeah. their in their nose or something so that at least they can breathe like that didn't seem to be happening at all <laughs> in this one. Like they were just covering his face. I'm like, how long does this take to dry? Because <laughs> that that doesn't look very safe. We lose more actors this way. <laughs> yeah. I think I was reading an article recently where uh, an actor, a fairly well-known one, I wish I could remember offhand, was talking about how he almost died while getting a head cast done. Um, and uh, apparently this, you know, it, it does seem really dangerous. And like you said, they don't reuse the traditional straw method here. Right. But but considering, you know, how unhealthy the both of us are, well, you're more, more healthy now. I also feel like the straws wouldn't necessarily be enough. What if I had a cold? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ex- exactly. I'm stuffed up constantly. Like right now, I'm completely stuffed up. And uh, and like if you tried to stick things in my nose and then cover my entire face in alginate, I would die. Yes. So let's not kill Mo. Uh, so anyway, that seems like the worst process. Like it just seems like it would be so. And then you got to just stay still. And there's a point where you can't even like hear anything because you're all covered over. It just seems like it'd be really unpleasant, right? Well, right. imagine that. And then imagine that the final result looks so little like you that it could have been fucking anybody or yeah. anything. They could have just bought a $2 Freddy Krueger mask and put it and filled it full of explosives and blew it up. And they wouldn't even have needed you in the first place. It wouldn't have even mattered. So, and then we get the head explosion. Right. What makes the head explosion look so bad, Mo? Uh, well, I mean, aside from the fact that they linger just a little bit too long on the terrible mask before the head explodes... Um, I don't know. I actually kind of liked the head explosion. It was very reminiscent of that classic scanners one where like the head, where the back of the head sort of blows out first and, and, and goes forward. But it, <laughs> but I, I, I think the fact that they put the head on like a mannequin body, yes. you know, so there's just that like clear line <laughs> where like the fake head s- stops and the, and the fake body begins. 
I feel like you're setting up expectations for people who are going to see Splatter Architects of Fear that they're going to see a head explosion of the quality of scanners. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I, I, no, it's definitely not by any means. <laughs> it looks, no, it doesn't look good. The thing that explodes doesn't look good. The explosion looks good. Right. The explosion itself looks good. The, everything else about it is fucking awful. But what that's what makes this movie so fun to watch is that this is a movie about the mastery of special effects. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is like this is like the Joe Castro school of special <laughs> effects. And we're not we're not trying to say that it all looks awful. And in fact, both Mo and myself I know have a lot of fondness for this type of physical effect, but a lot of it in practice in the movie, and and I think also, by the way, I think a contributing factor is the fact that it is shot on video, and you kind of, it's it, it seems like it's harder to hide some of the limitations there. Um, it looks awful. It just looks. Yeah, really I was bad. gonna say. I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah. You're right. It's hard. It's harder to hide uh, a lot of that when you're dealing with video, but we've seen it done, you know, before where it comes out just fine. Th- these are just terrible. <laughs> now. Um, there are, of course, some quality effects in the movie. I'm trying to think of some. No, I mean they do the classic. No, man, the, the 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 slice, the throat slicing scene was awesome. Yeah, that's great. And they do a couple of examples of the classic Tom Savini machete, uh, where you kind of cut out the head or body shape of a person into the machete. And yeah, and I don't, I don't think, I don't think that one looked particularly good either. Nope. But I mean, it that one is. Even though it's one, it's one that a lot of people have made tributes to right. uh, since Dawn of the Dead. It almost always, maybe it's just because we, everyone knows exactly how it's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, with, I mean, like, like, like going to the to the body machete thing for just a second, like, uh, like the fact, that, like, and I, and it's cool how they show you like how to do like reversed, you know, re- like like shoot, <laughs> shooting in reverse. And, I mean, which all of them in this are just fucking terrible. But like the machete one's probably the worst because like the pull away on it at the end, you know, like when when reverse would be the attack, uh, uh-huh. like you clearly see the 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 cutout in the machete. It's like it's just it's way too, for lack of a better term, well lit. You know, yeah, that like you could just see everything that's wrong with it, and it's 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 fucking ridiculous. There's also I think that that. Um, more modern versions of that gag, they have the machete where when you pull it away, like a piece of the machete fills in from right. the, the, the cutout part. But here it just, you can kind of just see, <laughs> you can see yeah. how it just doesn't fit quite right, especially on the one where they do the machete on like someone's stomach, just yeah. because it's so hard to make that fit perfectly, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's talk about the final scene of the movie, uh, which involves a big fight between mutants and Amazons. Uh, and there's like a whole bunch of different gags happening here. And I'm using the word gags because as the narrator of Splatter Architects of Fear <laughs> lets us know, that's what they call them in the biz. <laughs> but there's gags. But there's nothing funny about <laughs> slicing someone's throat. Ah, okay. Uh, no, that's, so the what final... the guy, that, that's what he says in the thing. He goes, he goes, they call them gags, but there's nothing funny about <laughs> slicing someone's throat. <laughs> if you want to call it a final scene, whatever, it's... Sort of the climax, climactic uh, moment in the film where the uh, the Amazons and the uh, mutants are, are sort of having their big battle. Um, 
they they talk about like what they plan on doing with the uh, I actually thought this like technically speaking was the most interesting part of of the film because like I mean obviously you know like big explosions are way more interesting than like blood sp- splatter you know but um like I really thought it was cool how he was talking about how they were going to do the uh the like the bazooka mm-hmm. scene uh, you know, the way it's like, oh, we got this can and we're going to half fill it with, with black powder and put two charges in it, put paper on each side and like secure it up into the thing and run, run a wire down the actress's, uh, you know, like sleeve, which I don't think she was really wearing one, but you know, um, you know, I just thought it was cool. And the effect on that one too was actually pretty cool as well. I mean, it was bullshit, but I mean, it was, it was one of the cooler effects in the movie uh, there were some some pretty chintzy things going on in this scene, but that's not all that all that fucking surprising to be honest. But I don't know. I liked it. I thought I thought overall it was it was a it was a fun moment. Yeah, and there's two kind of big explosion scenes. They sort of show how those explosions come together, and that's always neat to see. It's a very MythBuster right. moment there for a little bit. I, I think I found yeah, that part yeah. of the movie the least entertaining simply because there was so much going on. And like you said, some of it is kind of chintzy. So you're just kind of waiting for the bigger moments, especially because it's, it is supposed to be the climax of a movie that doesn't exist. And it's not like you're emotionally involved. And also, frankly, it felt like the, the big body stabbing that came before it was a lot more kind of personally satisfying, even if it looked bad. Yeah, that's true because there's something way more interesting about watching somebody have a spear shoved through their gut. Uh, I mean, especially knowing that, you know, how long the, the spear end was and the fact that there was actually somebody underneath that, you know, and like you're sitting there thinking like, man, I hope he doesn't go too far and actually right. fucking spear. There's a part where the director, there's you a part where the director uses the electric knife or the electric saw to cut the limbs. Saws yeah, because he wants to. He wants to make sure that it's not going to like hurt her or like blood isn't going to squirt up and things like yeah. that. And I thought that was a really interesting moment as well, even though um, I've got to be honest, that actress was kind of annoying. <laughs> All right, folks. Now, this is a different day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a couple of days after we uh, we have recorded everything up to this point. Yeah. Anybody However, anybody who follows the, uh, the Facebook page saw my little uh, our Facebook group, I should say saw uh, my little comment about technical difficulties. Well, they kind of railroaded us or ground us to a halt on that day, and now we're coming back and everything seems to be working now, so that's good. At least it wasn't the kind of technical difficulties where we recorded for an hour and then just lost everything. Oh my god, yes. How many times (laughs) have either of us done that? (laughs) We're pretty incompetent. We we are, yes. Yes, but we're back, and actually it was a fairly decent uh, kind of slice point for us to kind of jump back into the fold. Right, exactly, because we, already... we had just finished talking about, like, the quote-unquote climax scene. Um, uh-huh. That's not the head explosion scene. Uh, <laughs> and not uh, the body stabbing scene. And not the body stabbing scene, which were both a little bit better. But, uh, no, the the uh, Amazons versus uh, mutants, you know, gunfight, outdoors, weapons, cars, bazookas, uh, blowing shit up, that, yeah, that all right. that fun stuff. Amazons versus mutants. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so now what we're going to talk about is the behind-the-scenes aspect of Splatter Architects of Fear. Now, we've already kind of made very clear, uh, distinctive references to it, uh, but it's it's. I want to talk about how much I love behind-the-scenes documentaries, yeah. and especially when it comes to makeup 
style documentaries. I kind of love the fact that this is a behind the scenes documentary of a movie that never came out. Yes, exactly. If anything, it almost seems like it's, it, it was made to be instructional. Yeah. At the at the very least, it's obviously designed for people who like read Fangoria and were obsessed with movie makeup of the time. Yeah. I mean, th- th- there's a very specific kind of crowd that this movie is is aiming for. Absolutely. Now, uh, Mo, back in the early '90s, remember that that time? Yeah, it was like eleven. There was a television show on the Discovery Channel called Movie Magic. I think I do. I remember Movie Magic, and I used to watch it incessantly. Like I'd watch the fuck out of it. Yeah. And sometimes it was just about like, hey, this is how they did the squibs on Demolition Man. Right. But but so other times it, they would go into serious detail on on the creation of like masks and. Um, and all sorts of different makeup work. And I found that so interesting. Uh, it also, I'm sure if I was to watch it now, it would be incredibly dated. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I, I just really love that stuff. And I think the mid-'80s, there was a real kind of uh, deep interest in a large group of people. Remember the the music video Thriller by Michael Jackson? Oh, no, I, I've never seen that one. It's not a very well-known. It's, not, it's, a, it's an obscure little ditty uh, called Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, rec- yeah. I recall reading, and I might be wrong on this, that that, mu- that music video cost a lot of money to make. It did. It cost a lot of money to make. Like, it might have been the most expensive music video up to that time. Up to that time, yeah. Which I'm sure but, Michael Jackson later topped. I think I think yeah. he did with black and white. Because they I had think that, black and white, yeah. because yeah. they had that huge, uh, ridiculous, stupid morph scene at the end that didn't need to be in it at all and was really stupid, but... Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know. And that music video was directed by John Landis as well. Of course it was. And uh, I think actually maybe the music video for Scream was even more expensive than that. Jesus Christ. Anyway, back to Thriller. <laughs> I, wa- I wonder how expensive the video for uh, for Remember the Time was. <laughs> Eddie Murphy doesn't come cheap. <laughs> no, um, he does not. <laughs> but uh, the, the Thriller music video was so expensive that they tried to make money back because... You know, music videos don't directly make money right. by releasing a behind-the-scenes making-of thriller video. And that video was hugely successful at the time. And, of course, it involved a lot of behind-the-scenes footage of, like, Rick Baker making up zombies and shit like that. Yeah, I remember People, watching it. It was super, like, it was interesting and, yeah, like, really fun. Really yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Now, let's compare how interesting that is to the behind-the-scenes <laughs> <laughs> behind aspects of Splatter, Architects of Fear. Oh, my God. You know what? Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, well, the thriller one was was certainly more interesting. I will say that this one might be a little bit more fun. Yes, I agree. And yeah. in fact, I was being entirely facetious. I find the behind the scenes aspects of Splatter Architects of Fear to be really, really fun to watch. Simply because the w- one thing that you get from it, and we both know this just from watching a lot of things like that, right. is that special makeup effects artists—they're all weirdos. Oh, like yeah. they're fucking strange. Yeah, you and, don't and, you don't you don't even have a choice. If 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 something in your head clicks and and says to you, be a makeup artist, like a horror, like a specifically like a horror movie makeup artist. Yeah, you have to have that deranged gene in your head. Yeah, you have. To. And sometimes it can be kind of endearing. Yeah, right. And certainly, even if it's not endearing, you'd have a lot of respect for their talent. Sure. And sometimes you're Joe Castro. And, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you're the guys in this. Movie and honestly, uh, the makeup artists that we see in this movie, Randy Dodlin and Tim Mogg, both very talented uh, makeup artists. Well, we were this even is... we were even saying there's a, there's a couple. I mean, obviously, our biggest issue was the full body suit, you know, the the full body cast thing because it just looked awful. But but 
I would say a good chunk of the rest of the effects. Oh, and the really terrible mask that explodes. Um, you know, but I would say a good chunk of the rest of the effects we see in this are decent. I mean, they're they're not bad by any means. Like we mentioned the uh, throat cutting scene and then all of the stuff in the climax at the end. Like there's a lot of really good effects in this movie. Absolutely. And yeah. it's also important to remember that both of these makeup artists, the, the, the two that we spend the most time with in the movie... Uh, they're very young yeah. when they're making this, yeah, and yeah. they went on to do tons of work. Unfortunately, Tim Mogg actually passed away a couple of years oh, ago. That's a shame. Uh, I think of uh, some sort of heart ailment. Um, but his last, um, I guess, major work was the movie Nurse 3D. Have you seen Nurse 3D, Mo? No. It. Uh, some people really like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've watched it. I didn't much care for it, but I will say there's some nice effects work in it. Uh-huh. And I mean, he actually has a. Uh, a massive filmography of work, including the Steven Seagal movie Exit Wounds. Ooh, is that uh, the no. is that the one with uh, DMX or Fifty Cent? One of those guys, probably. I think I, I, think, I think Exit I think it's Wounds. The one with DMX. Yeah, I think it has DMX in it. What X gonna give it to you? <laughs> what what? Anyway, uh, <laughs> do you remember the interview with DMX? No. This was maybe. in uh, let's see, what year would it have? <laughs> like we're going off the rails here, but please continue because I want to see where this is no, going. No, this this was the I think about this interview like at least once a month. <laughs> so it was in the year of our two thousand and late. It was the year that Barack Obama was uh, elected president. Okay. And it was uh, just a few months be- before the uh, the general election. And everyone in the fucking world at that point knew who Barack Obama was, right? And he was going to be your president and won quite handily. Yeah. It was an interview with DMX where they told him – they asked him about his thoughts on Barack Obama. And he did not know who Barack Obama was. And he has this quote where he's like, the motherfucker's name is Barack? (laughs) And I love – (laughs) <laughs> for one thing, it was unreasonable even at that time for him not to know who Barack Obama was. Right, right. But the fact that he was then like tearing into his name in a way that people were doing like a year before that. <laughs> and all, literally like three months later, the guy was like president of the United States. <laughs> so anyway, DMX probably lives in his own little world. Uh, yeah, I think he's proven that. Yeah. Now, Mo, what is your personal experience with makeup effects? With, with almost none. Um, almost none? Yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, when I was a little kid, my mom would do my makeup for Halloween, Aww. you know, um, you, you know, usually for like glamour shots, that sort of thing. No, oh my. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like boudoir photography. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Um, yeah, it just got, it just took a really weird turn there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, I, I don't have much, if anything, cause I mean, I've, you know, like the only film work I've ever done has been, you know, music video, videography, and like documentary stuff. So sure. I've, I've never needed to do. Have you ever had to mix up fake blood? I I have for fun. <laughs> um, I've, I've and for sure for insurance purposes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, never never for anything professional. But I mean, I have done the uh, the Cairo syrup and uh, and red food coloring uh, blood before. And you got to add a little chunky peanut butter in there. Yeah, I never did that. I always just, I, I just, it was always just Cairo syrup and and red food coloring. Why chunky peanut butter? I'm pretty sure Tom Savini says to add 
peanut butter to it to th- as a thickening agent. Interesting. That, <laughs> I'm I might be making that up. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it sounds fascinating. I, I don't think I'm ever going to do that, but you know, whatever. When we were making rock paper scissors, we used the Tom Savini uh, method for the most part, and then is that where you're just a total dick to everybody? When <laughs> that's right, that's exactly right. <laughs> and I have a sweet mustache. <laughs> um, and but of course. You're on set and you're like, oh shit, we're out of blood. So suddenly it just becomes, you know, <laughs> corn syrup and red food coloring and that's it. Yep. And you're just squirting it everywhere. And, um, and and I think I mentioned this on the episode so many moons ago that uh, we were shooting outside. And the thing about being covered with sugar syrup when you're outside yeah. during the middle of summer is that bugs really love oh, yeah. syrup. Oh, so we were, yeah. We were fucking covered with bugs the entire goddamn time. <laughs> anyway, uh, we, I was also involved in the making of um, uh, of a, a dummy body out of pool noodles, but I guess that's not of the quality that we're talking about in Splatter Architects of Fear. That's close. But I, I do, again, I love behind-the-scenes type uh, material like this, and yeah. really the whole reason Splatter Architects of Fear exists is for this behind-the-scenes aspect. Yeah, Absolutely. What did you think of the voiceover in the movie, Mo? Uh, it was really good. Like the quality of the of the voice itself is very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, the the, the the dialogue that he's saying is pure shit. Uh, but but uh, the 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 actor because I think we talked about him last uh, yeah. in the last session. But he does a fen- phenomenal job with what he's given. In fact, let's hear his, his intro. Oh God, to the this movie. fucking intro. <laughs> let's hear. This is this is the first thing we hear in Splatter Architects of Fear. It is the year 2002. Oh no! The world has been destroyed <laughs> by the final holocaust of nuclear fury. Now he does say nuclear there. Yeah, nuclear. <laughs> you know what? You know what that? What, what I first heard that what kind of reminded me of um, was the beginning of uh, the Deltron 3030 album. <laughs> it was like, the year 3030. <laughs> I just love that this came out in 1986, and they're like, yeah, 2002, yeah. that's enough. Yeah. That's far enough. Well, I guess by then Reagan will have fucked everything up. Well, the, I mean, well, I mean, they went even further than a lot of the other movies did. Because you've true. got like 1990, Brock's Warrior, or, or uh, <laughs> like, uh, what is it? It's, uh, oh God, what is it? It's, is it 1992 after the fall of New York? Uh, no, is it, is it, I can't remember. Anyway, what year did yeah. fucking Escape from New York take place? That's only like in the 1990s, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of them were like 1990s were supposed to be of like a fucking post-apocalyptic hellscape for us. Well, let's uh, And they weren't thing. far off. <laughs> this is another piece of voiceover work from the movie that I thought was interesting. Let's discuss it afterwards. Take this complex setup in which an Amazon is forced to do an impression of the Venus de Milo. Demilo. So so that was just uh the part where the Amazon gets her fucking arm cut off. Yeah. De- so he's a little bit snarky, this uh, narrator. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's pretty clear that he's like, "Why are they giving me this horseshit <laughs> to read?" <laughs> do I? That was a pretty dead on impression, if I do that say was, so. <laughs> I have to say. Now let's hear. Let's hear you talk about it being the year twenty twenty. In the, it's the year. Oh wait, no, it's two thousand two. Was it? <laughs> it's the year two thousand two. Well, I think you've lost it. <laughs> I, lo- I lost it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I don't care. I don't care. So, we'll do uh, it live. <laughs> I'll do it live. That's right. So of the uh, behind-the-scenes elements of this movie, Mo, what's, what's the one that sticks out at you? Um, well, probably, I mean, I, I think I, there's a couple that stick out the most. 
Uh, one because I liked it the most, and uh, the other because it was ridiculous. Um, and of course, one of them just completely fell out of my head. But uh, I'll start with the one I with the one I remember, and that's was the uh, was the throat slitting scene, which I which was one of my favorite moments of this whole thing was showing you know like how they they you know how they had the prosthetic on his neck and they had the tubes running through and just I just thought it was really fucking cool. Oh, I remember what the other one is, and we talked about this one too. Was was just how hackneyed and bad the um, machete to the to the gut one was. Uh, those are the two that really stand out to me the most. I mean, obviously the big fucking like fuck your brains out scene, you know, for obvious reasons, but, um, just keeping it classy for a second here, like not that we ever really do, but, um, those two are are probably the the two that stand out to me the most. I think you could have saved the stomach one if you would, with, with, with editing that didn't quite reveal how loose that. Yeah, exactly. If it was, if there was maybe a little bit more smoke, maybe dimmer lighting, um, I mean, I don't know. They're shooting on video, so you kind of need to have the lighting, or else it's just black. But uh, yeah, I just or yeah, I mean, cutting cutting away would have been would have been good too. Like they probably shouldn't have shown the full swing. They they probably should have shown an outside shot of the swing down and then cut close in, which they've which they do several other times. Like when like when the woman gets shot in the head, you know, like they don't sh- they don't. Uh, they don't fixate on the gun smoking for a second before they go over to the woman, you know, so like, like, obvi- so you can avoid having to throw a muzzle flash in there. Uh, <laughs> you know, they just cut immediately over to her, you know, with, I mean, no entrance wound whatsoever, but whatever, uh, you know, her getting shot and dying, which, uh, you know. Mo, let me read to you Uh-oh. a user review from the Internet Movie Database. Oh, God. <laughs> titled... Avoid this lame duck. That that sounds fa- fairly similar to the, uh, the the horror society review for this that I read. <laughs> this is a docu styled look at a bunch of hopeful twenty nothings at work in the special effects here of a low budget barbarian apocalypse film. There's gratuitous nudity and really naff gore to keep things barely watchable, but I still couldn't guiltlessly recommend this garbage to Hitler himself. It's boring and very dated and infinitely less interesting than most of the extras you can see currently in most DVD releases. What do you think about that review, Mo? It's fairly accurate. Um, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say that I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. I think I think it's kind of a fun watch, and it's super fast. You yeah. know, like, like, I mean, it's only like, what's it, like 75 minutes? It's like, yeah, it's like 75 to 80 minutes, but even yeah. aside from that, it moves along very quickly because you're not actually watching a plot. Right, exactly. No, no, this, if, if they had gone ahead and just made this Amazon Mutant movie, bleh, it, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, how am I supposed to be saying it? Mutant. Mutant. No. <laughs> but. <Button. laughs> oh, I'm, well, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I alternate on my sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I alternate on my button. <laughs> Mo, what is the finest behind-the-scenes documentary you remember ever seeing? Uh, oh, that's a doesn't necessarily have to be about makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, I I don't even remember. Now, now, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's one on the Frighteners. DVD that's like three hours long. Oh yeah, I remember that one. That's that one is extensive. Yeah. Was there one on the uh, Criterion Brazil? 
There's a, there is a lengthy. There's yeah. also the Battle of Brazil on the Criterion. Right, Brazil. right. So so pro- probably that. I mean, like that's. I mean, that's a fantastic movie to begin with, and and the the whole story behind it is just so bonkers and crazy. So pro- yeah, probably that one. Or Burden of Dreams, the yeah. Fitzcarraldo. Oh God! Yes, yes. That we're talking about a different category. Yeah, we're kind of, we're kind of going into a different thing here because then we can start talking about like my great my best fiend or you know. But. What did you think, Mo? You know, over the last few years, it's actually been kind of wonderful. There have been these, like, feature-length documentaries about, like, there's the one Never Sleep Again about the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I love them. There's the one about the Friday 13th. I mean, they're really long documentaries. Yeah, yeah. There's the making of The Return of the Living Dead yep. that came out. So are, were you a, are you are you a big fan of those? I am. Yeah, I loved uh, Never Sleep Again. I couldn't... I, the Friday the 13th one is just... it. That <laughs> is, that's the one that's, like... 17 hours or something like that right <laughs> it's really long it's just ridiculously long i've never been able to get through the whole thing uh because i'm not like and i know this is going to sound like fucking sacrilege to some people but i really don't care about the friday the 13th movies me all that either. much hey i'm right there with you yeah. it's just to me i just i, I but of <laughs> course i'm also the person who thinks jason goes to hell is like the best <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's, i don't know if i'd say it's the best but it's up there it's one it's of certainly the, a lot more interesting yeah anyway, we we now we're getting now we're going off the topic although not really well you know one behind the scenes there's a behind the scenes documentary on paul thomas anderson's magnolia oh yeah dvd and it's all about it's i think at the time he was dating fiona apple the musician oh, yeah you didn't have to say that but okay i'm uh, it's for the benefit of our audience uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> uh and there's a part where they do like an interpretive dance about his unwillingness to say that the movie is like finished and ready to be released and I remember it being so fucking weird. I thought I was losing my mind as I was watching. <laughs> it was weirdly like I love Magnolia, but yeah. I recognize that there are elements of it that are very pretentious. But this documentary was both goofy and completely like idiotic in its <laughs> artisticness. I, I just anyway that doesn't have anything to do with makeup effects at all. So special effects, the aspect of Splatter Architects of Fear, which focuses on the behind the scenes. I do you think it's the most entertaining part of the movie? Um, I think it's definitely the most watchable part of the movie. That's fair enough. I yeah. mean, it is, it's very by the, by the numbers, but it does show a lot of the personalities and kind of the humor that, that keeps the tension down on set right. for a movie that's not even a real fucking well, movie. Well, the, the best, the best thing about it was, and, and we talk about this all the time. I feel like we've mentioned this in, I mean, what are we up to numbers wise for episodes? I think this is episode number 200 and... Uh, I, d- I, doubt no. it's, I doubt it's that high. No, it's below 100. I think maybe we're in the 80s? Yeah, either 70s or 80s. But either way, I would say a, a good, you know, 60, 65% of the episodes that we've done so far, we've mentioned, you know, how the, the cast feels like they're having fun making the movie. Right. And how, like, that can make, like, an even sort of mediocre movie a little bit better because at least they seem like they're having fun. Um, but that that was what I really enjoyed about the behind-the-scenes stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff um, on this because they they were obviously having just a blast, you know. And, uh, uh, yeah, so so it made it that much more enjoyable, um, even though, even if I do sort of feel that, that the behind-the-scenes stuff in general kind of, fails a little bit because like there's stuff that's missing there, there's stuff that that if they're doing a like a true documentary there right. should have been things in there that weren't there like talking head interviews you know with anybody other than the fake 
character who they tossed in there. I yeah. mean, they could have certainly given us a bit more of an idea of the personalities of the people who right, were actually right, having right. the effects done to them. I was thinking of um, there's a great documentary um Beware the Moon above about the uh, American Werewolf in London right. film. Yeah. And and it shows them uh talking like they show the whole process of uh the lead actor, the diet the sorry, the Dr. Pepper guy. What's his name again? Um and, Naughton. Da- yes, David Naughton, David Naughton. And him getting his arm cast. And they, you know, they talk to him beforehand, they go through the whole process. And I felt like that was a lot more effective than yeah. just kind of showing it kind of starts in the middle. And they here. do they do that for like one scene where he really kind of talks to her about Sure. What they're going to doing, but I real, but I, but now that I'm thinking about it, I remember that's actually after they cast her. Yes, it's yeah. weird. That part comes in a weird order. Yeah. Mo, let's talk about the movie within a movie. Oh God, the fucking. Well, we kind of already talked about the movie within a movie, but what I want to talk about is the movie within a movie within, within a, a movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> so in there is a third element to this film, Splatter Architects of Fear. We like to call it the filler element. It's, it doesn't take up that much time, but thank yes. Thank goodness. But yeah, it's total... No, no, Mo. What? Fang goodness. Ah, yeah. oh, fuck you. <laughs> Fang is a... Uh, we mentioned him briefly before. He is a character that exists in the behind-the-scenes elements who is supposed to be a scarred, uh, deformed Shakespearean, Shakespearean actor. actor, yeah. Who works as sort of like a put-upon gopher on set, who also takes home the tapes and basically masturbates to them. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> There's some, just some real fucking awkward moments. Like, I don't I don't even want to imagine how many people were in the room having to witness him do those live. <laughs> but, like, his, it's it's interesting because it's supposed to add a element of, 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 like, scripted humor to the behind-the-scenes thing. So, we'll see him, um, in fact, he's introduced basically taking a big kind of bucket of guts up a fire escape yeah. uh, to be used in the movie, and then he is shown uh, biting the head off a rat. <laughs> yeah, he says he's hungry, I, and he opens up a rat cage, and then he picks it up, and he bites the head off. I, I cannot sigh hard enough for the fucking fang elements in this movie. I just I, I hated them all so much. Yeah, it's mostly it's pretty rotten, and I, it's I don't blame the actor necessarily. In fact, the actor who plays Fang in this, I have uh, nothing against the actor. It's entirely Paul James Saunders. Yeah, it's entirely the fucking character. Yeah, it's 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 almost like he's designed to be annoying. Yeah. Um, but that because of that, every time we go back to him, it it kind of is very frustrating. It is. Um, it, like there's a part where he's like walking onto set because he's like getting too into what they're viewing, and they're like, "Ah, Fang, ah," yeah. and you wonder, well, why did you hire him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like, and then like, what what I always wondered is like they they're yelling at him in the same, you know, Fang, you shouldn't be eating with the humans, you know, and it's like, what situation is he in that he has to put up with that sort of behavior on the film set, you know, like, what, like, why would he keep the job? There's a part where Fang is acting up a little bit, uh-huh. and uh, then a like a, a British snobby assistant guy comes over and kind of browbeats him a little. Uh, but there's a makeup artist there, and he's like, "Are you hungry, Fang?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll be much better if I'm." You need to play something. the clip. All right, just play the clip. It's <laughs> this is so fucking bad. Well, I, I, we got to set it up in, in the sense that he lets Fang bite his arm. Yeah, and this is what it sounds. Tuck like. in. 
Didn't quite mean that much. You want the, you want some salt? No, teriyaki sauce. <laughs> You're getting a strong idea of what the fang scenes are like in this fucking movie. They're just, I mean, and like, and I get it, you know, and and I will, I will give him this much, you know, the 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 women, uh, the majority of the women who play the Amazons are are, I mean, super attractive, just really, really attractive women. Um, I did read some behind the scenes. Uh, thing that suggests that they may have been local strippers. Oh, well, that makes total sense as to why they'd be so willing to get as undressed as they were willing to do. It was a smart decision, it I would say. It was a brilliant move. They they are I so scantily clad that there's a part where it shows one of them firing a gun and like her top is coming off while yeah, she's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And let's let's not let's not, you know, spend too much time going back to the full beaver shot that we get during the uh uh, during the head explosion scene. So there's another part where Fang, uh, he's at home. We do see his apartment. And he's he watches like footage from the movie being yeah, shot. He's basically and, watching the dailies. Yeah, and there's a part where he says that the boss left him some food. And it's finger food, you see. Because it's like a, fingers. <laughs> and he has blood dip with finger food. Cold cuts? Now... <laughs> <laughs> Now, that part where it shows him with the finger foods, I guess we're supposed to think of him almost like a, like one of those characters at the beginning of like an EC comics, like a Tales from the Crypt type thing, right? Yeah, where I mean, he's, yeah, he's, it's, it's clear that he's like doing the horror host gig without actually doing the horror host gig. Yeah, and so, but yeah, no, that's awful. <laughs> yeah. And there is a bit right at the very end of the movie, Mo. It is what we close with. Where he's watching some scenes of the Amazons. And, well, let's play this clip. Yeah, it's this, my favorite this, of the entire movie. This is the best clip in the movie. <laughs> okay, this is what he says while watching it. Oh, oh, look at those Amazons. Oh, they're so beautiful. Oh, I love them. Oh, they're big kazoobies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love them. They're big kazoobies. Well, and then someone uh, opens up a trapdoor in the floor and shoots Fang, who then explodes. Yeah. That's how that ends. Yeah, you were very happy. You were very happy. Like, that's the end of the movie. The best effect that, in the film. That's, it, he just explodes into, like, smoke. He doesn't explode like you would want him to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, yeah they didn't put him through this, the, 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 pro, the entire process of... Full body casting, and thank goodness we didn't see that either. He, after he says they're big kazoobies, kazoobies. He, al- he also says TNA all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, now now we have to inform our audience that every time we see him watching the, these dailies, this mm-hmm. is almost entirely what he's saying. It's just this yeah. stuff. It's like oh, or he'll he'll fixate on one of them in particular, like like uh, what's her name, Misty, right? You know, oh, Misty. You're so beautiful, you know. Um, <laughs> did we play that clip yet? Because we should. Because that one's that one's pretty funny too. Let's see. What? Let's see if I make sure that I. Oh, here it is. Let's yeah. take a look. Oh, I love this scene. Oh, Misty. Oh, you're such a beautiful Amazon. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. She likes me too. I know it. I can tell by the way she looks at me. <laughs> 
You've got problems, that cl- Fang. That clicking noise that's going on there sounds so much like he's jerking off. Just like just the audio. Because <laughs> like all you're hearing in the background is, you know, it's. Let's let's hear your masturbation impression. Let's right. do, let me, I'll do mine on mine. <laughs> this is the finest moment on Nova. Yeah, this is, this is the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the entire Fang um, storyline that it takes place in. Yeah, thank movie. goodness it's mercifully short. Don't you mean? <laughs> thank goodness, goodness that it's mercifully short. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so that's it. That is the entirety of Splatter Architects of yeah, the Year. Yeah. Mo, I want to get more of your general thoughts. What did you think of the movie? I know you get you, you said that you didn't really love it. I feel like each element on its own sort of fails, but all combined, there's just enough fun stuff and just enough things to distract from one end to another that um, you know, that it it, it, it maintains the flow well enough that you don't feel because that's the death knell right there is is when when you're just bored out of your mind watching you know right. wa- watching one of these movies. Uh, I was never bored once. I mean, I, I watched it twice, which I mean, up to this point is uh, I mean, fucking rare, you know, for for me, for me to do. I mean, back when I was editing before we had like real stuff we could use, I was watching those movies like four or five times and wanting to kill myself by the time I was done. But uh, you know. Um, but since I since we got to stop doing that, I rarely watch a movie more than once. This one I watched twice without any real issue. Um, and actually, I mean, I like, I mean, I guess in that sense, it's a success. But ultimately, I think it's it's a bit of a failure. It's easy to watch because, for all intents and purposes, it's Ooh. a highlight reel. Yeah, there, there's a um, there's a compilation movie from the early '80s called Film Gore. Yes, all, all one word, hosted by Elvira. And all it is is the money shots from a. <laughs> all it is is the money shots from a series of famous horror movies. It's right. got Blood Feast. It has the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's got uh, what the Drive-In Massacre. Yeah. And uh, to, uh, yeah, and Two Thousand Maniacs. So it's it's all the gore from those movies back to back to back. And uh, I remember watching it as a teenager, and a lot of those movies I hadn't seen at that point, and I was like, "This is so great!" But it's not a movie you can like. Rewatch necessarily. No, <laughs> it, it, it just doesn't hold the same appeal. Right. This is a movie that I think it's the first watch through. It's pretty darn entertaining because it has a lot of forward momentum. Right. And and it's very interesting. But I don't think it's one you're necessarily going to return to. No, no, no. And the only reason why I return to it is because for the show, um, I'll probably never watch this again. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's our thoughts on Splatter. Architects of Fear, which, by the way, is not to say that if you are making a low-budget movie that you shouldn't also shoot it behind the scenes. No, you totally should. You absolutely should. You absolutely should. (laughs) The thing is, I also think that there's less of an emotional connection to a behind-the-scenes documentary of a movie that doesn't exist. Exactly. Because you get nothing to compare it to. Exactly. Like, this is what we were trying to do, and this is what actually happened. And And I I know they try to attempt to do that by showing you the final scenes and stuff, but it's it's too little – it's not enough because – we haven't already seen the final product. You know, we're seeing it now, you know, as we're being told about it. It's just, it feels like a television show. It doesn't, it, yeah. like like an episode of that movie Magic, you know. Like a Canadian television show. Yes. Uh, Mo, if you had the opportunity to watch 
a full version of the movie they were shooting in Splatter Architects Affair. Would you watch that? I'd watch it. I mean, there's there's very few things I would say, you know, I'm not going to watch that. But, you know, <laughs> I, I would I would watch it. Uh, I mean, if just for the fucking nudity alone. Wow. You know, Mo, there's a thing called the Internet. Well, I understand that. But I mean, like, you know, movie nudity is fun. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm... I'm not going to disagree. And no. there's a lot of fun nudity in Splatter yeah. Architects of Fear. Uh, I'm going to also give it a grudging recommendation. I think it's a fun watch, uh, certainly if it's available. It, it, to me, it's not like a... Yeah, don't search it out, you know, like... <clears throat> it doesn't really fit onto the show either. Yeah. Because it, it's not even really talking about, like, no-budget effects. The people who are making the effects in this movie, you know, they have a lot of resources to allow them to do even a better job than they end up doing. Yeah. <laughs> Including naked women that they can slather with shit over a period of like hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with big kazoobies. I uh, I didn't realize. I didn't even know. Like when like because when we announced what we were gonna do, I didn't realize that this was a documentary. Like, and I didn't realize that until I started watching the movie because I right. I had never seen this before. And I'm like, oh, this is this might have been a bad choice for the <laughs> for the show. But then I said, I, I just thought to myself, fuck it. You know, uh, obviously we had already already announced it by that point, you know, fuck it, we'll watch, we'll watch it. This is still a movie that a lot of people know about. It's one that is talked about in the circles of people that we, uh, that we converse with. Sure. Of course, we only talk to weirdos. We do talk to a lot of fucking weirdos. Well, what are we going to watch on the next episode (laughs) No Budget Nightmares? I don't even fucking remember. I do. Oh, I do. I do now. Um. I do. Oh, God. Oh God! Um, fuck, 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 fuck! You, you say it because I can't fucking remember the first part of it. Uh, it's impossible that you wouldn't remember the first part of it, Mo, because the first part is the most important part. I know the movie that we will be featuring on the very next episode of Die Hard Dracula is currently number forty-seven on the bottom one hundred of the Internet Movie Database. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how I could remember Dracula, but not Die Hard. Oh, you remembered it all now. I well, you just said it. No, I didn't. You totally did. I absolutely did not. All right. Well, when you listen back to this and realize that you did say it, you could owe me, a, owe me an apology. I said our next movie is number 47 and the bottom 100. I was trying to tease up to what it was going to be. Oh, no. You totally you totally said it. I fucking well did. <laughs> anyway, listeners, if I did, please feel free to like send me threatening messages. Yeah, please Twitter. do. Directed by Peter Horak. It is 1998's Die Hard Dracula. Die Hard Dracula. Uh, and uh, this is one that's been recommended a number of times. I do have a copy of it. And I am, I've am i never seen Die Hard Dracula. But I, I mean, that title would suggest that it has to be something great. Yeah, we've... Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of some other ones that suggest greatness as well. Uh, I would have to say that no-budget yeah. vampire movies are almost exclusively terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see... <laughs> I suspect. What do you suspect? That <laughs> what's the what's what's the other one? The uh, um, yes. What's the what's the name of the fucking movie? We covered it about fucking like lesbian vampires. Barely legal lesbian. Yeah, that's vampires. the first. But I don't know why teenage kept popping into my head. Uh, really, yeah. they, they were not teenagers. Yeah. Some of them seemed to be in their mid forties. Yeah. Well, that, um, I, I, all I could remember was the fucking joke we were saying about it, like the fucking middle aged. You know, whatever. Oh, no. We're so mean back then. And we also, of course, covered, was it Vampire Warrior or Vampire... Well, we did Vampire Hunter. Hunter! Yeah. That's right, which the is a much Sean better. The Sean Gallimore film. That's right. Uh, 
<laughs> look for more airbrushed Sean Gallimore art out there right now. Uh, Die Hard Dracula. Uh, if, you're, if you're friends with him on Facebook, he's he posts some of the greatest pictures on his Facebook. It's amazing. Peter Horak's Die Hard Dracula coming soon to No Budget Nightmares. Mo, this was a, ver- a rather a disjointed episode of the show. <laughs> you think? For a number of different reasons. Yeah. I think the final result, hopefully, was entertaining. To it's almost to. kind of funny how like the way we ended up doing the episode is almost kind of in line with how the movie itself yeah. was done. That was intentional, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally intentional. But we'll be back to our usual painfully detailed <laughs> descriptions when we get to Die Hard Dracula. Mo, if people want to find out more about No Budget Nightmares, what's the best way for them to do so? Oh, they can go right onto Facebook. It's uh, www.facebook.com slash groups. Mm. Huh? I said, hmm, that's what it is. Ah, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, groups slash No Budget Nightmares, one word. Or just do a search for No Budget Nightmares on That Facebook. works, too. Yeah. Uh, you can also find Mo on Twitter at DrunkOnVHS, all True. one word. And me, I'm Doug Tilly, T-I-L-L-E-Y. You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly there. <laughs> well, I fucked up my... Yeah, you ability. totally fucked that up. <laughs> I do it all the time. Find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. If you want to listen to our older, better episodes, <laughs> go over yeah. to nobudgetpodcast.com and uh, check out our entire archives. You can now um, subscribe to us, in fact, on Google Play or Google Music Podcast, whatever the new one is. But, yeah. of course, you can always subscribe to us via iTunes and Stitcher, and you can leave us a message or a review on uh, on iTunes as well. And I'm, I'm co- and coming real soon, uh, we're going to start putting the older episodes up onto uh, Facebook. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> we, we are out of our we fucking minds today. We are bonkers today. Um no, YouTube. We're going to we're going to start putting them up onto a YouTube channel. We're going to put the classic episodes up on YouTube for you all to listen to. It's a good chance to kind of revisit yeah. some of our cla- ones that that may or may not have gotten legal threats against us because we <laughs> Yeah. We yeah. <laughs> we, we, may, we actually things. we actually may not be able to post that episode up there. Be- so says who? Says him. There because YouTube's crazy like that. Yeah, you might actually it, honestly we have to put it up. And then if there's a complaint to take it down, we'll take it down. You know but what? You know will. what I you know what I might do is I might just label it as episode 9 cuz that's what episode it is. Um the episode they didn't want you yeah, to hear. Yeah, exactly. Like the episode, you know, the man didn't want you to hear, something like that, you know, something <laughs> cryptic. Mo, have you seen any other movies lately? I have seen 165 movies this Holy year. Holy fucking shit. Now, Mo, I have to ask you a question. What? Have you seen Green Room yet? I haven't. I really want to. You, sir, have to see Green Room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all know about it. I think a lot of listeners would know what I'm talking about. It's uh, if if it's playing in your area, and I don't mean your dick or vagina. Funny. Uh, <laughs> you will fang me very much if you uh, go out and see <laughs> Green Room at your local cinema. Have you seen that Civil War movie yet? I haven't. I'm gonna go see. How that. about Batman versus Superman? I'm not going to see that. <laughs> So, so yeah, I really haven't seen many movies at oh, all. I saw so Deadpool. Okay, what did you think? I loved it. I thought it was great. I went to go see it twice. Well, there, uh, you don't do that very often. I don't. I yeah. The last one I did that for was was the last Star Wars, and I I didn't pay for either of those. So this one I actually paid to see twice. Um, I I I did a whole episode about this over on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. My other podcast at EricRobertsTheMan.com. But I recently watched Shameless a movie called. Plug. Well, it is important for me to mention it because we covered a movie featuring Eric Roberts uh, called Chicks Dig Gay Guys. Okay. And it was about this – it's based on a true story about this guy who 
he used to go out to clubs, and because he wasn't having a lot of success, he pretended to be gay because women love gay guys. And then he would sleep with them because apparently women love to try to convert gay guys or something like that. And it Man, is been, one of I've been going out, going along, going about this all wrong. It is the biggest piece of fucking garbage. Oh, I'm sure you would not. But like Eric Roberts is in there for like two minutes, and it is so horrible. And it's funny because I did a whole episode about how bad it was. I wrote up a review on dailygrindhouse.com about how bad it was. And now I'm mentioning it here. There is an interview with this writer co-star on brobible.com that is the most offensive shit. Just talking about how it kind of lulled women into like a false sense of security and then he would have sex with them and then never reveal that he wasn't gay. Wow. What a giant piece of shit. Yeah, that is is pretty fucked up. Anyway, Mo, now that you've talked about all your favorite movies, what is the best movie you've seen so far in 2016? Ah, uh, man, that's a tough fucking call. Uh, uh-huh. I can tell you the one I had the most fun with. Uh, I, I they, If you recall the uh, Dungeons & Dragons hysteria of the early 80s. I remember uh, it very well. They like, made some movies about it. Yeah, well, I watched one of those movies. Uh, the one starring uh, Tom Hanks. Called, Mazes called and Monsters. Mazes and Monsters. And that one was just... Stupid amounts of fun. It was so fucking dumb. I loved it. I you know, really did love it. They used to show Mazes and Monsters all the time on A&E yeah, in the 90s. I remember that. Uh, so I ended up seeing it a bunch of times. So I was reading Heavy Metal Movies, the book by Mike McBeardo McPadden. And he mentions in that book Mazes and Monsters. But he also mentions another movie that came right afterwards, uh, which is based on the same sort of hysteria. Yeah. And it has the same female lead. That's weird. Isn't it strange? Like that was her niche in the early '80s was being like like a hysterical friend of Dungeons and Dragons playing nerds wow. who take it too far. What What was that one? I can't remember, but uh, that's okay. It It seems like I shouldn't have brought it up unless I knew like I was going to follow <laughs> it up. <laughs> but unfortunately, that wasn't the case. I do recommend that book, by the way, Heavy Metal Movies. If you like, uh, I don't even like heavy metal, but I do like that book. Right? Well, I like heavy metal and I love movies, so. I eat heavy metal. <laughs> yes. So I think that's all we could possibly talk about regarding Splatter Architects of Fear. There's literally join nothing us, else we could say. Join us on the next episode for a, a much more professional sounding episode Probably for not. Die Hard Dracula. Yes. And I and I uh, eagerly await your apology for when you realize that you did actually say the title before. I'm going to I'm going to clip out that fucking second. <laughs> I'm going to paste it on your Facebook page, and I'll be like, Mo, why don't you have a listen to this? And you're going to be like, you edited that, Doug. And I'll be like, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> now you can edit what I just said <laughs> in case there's any legal issues in the near future. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Everyone calm down. Uh, We'll be with you again now in just two weeks to talk about Die Hard Dracula. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, folks.